with artists created and produced by Detlef Schlick, a visual artist and ritual designer, living and loving in West Cork, and best known for his essay about the cause and effect of shamanism, art and digital culture. Working in the field of performance, photography, painting, sound, installations, and film he will dive and discover with us and a weekly creative guest into the unknown and exciting deep ocean of the creative mind. This is Detlef Schlich, and today we dive into the deep and unknown, exciting ocean of the creative mind. Welcome back, dear listeners, to Altitude episode 181. It's fantastic to have you with us today as we continue our exploration of human symbolic expression. And I'm happy to have you here back in another show, Stat Round Zero. I mean, last week was really very intense for me and I would like to tell you a short thing about that. My deadline was last Thursday at half five. And I really literally make it at half five to submit my proposal. It was like a like a thriller. I was I finished my proposal already at half four, but what happened then was my budget file was so corrupted because I wrote my budget in open office and this mask was so terrible was in open office that It was everything completely corrupted and I couldn't upload it. But thankfully, I I got back to Steffi. She she was um, uh, overseeing all these um, submissions and she went with me through all the details and eventually we made it really, really, literally at half six. So I told her, I say, Steffi, I think I go to bed now. And she said, "Yeah, me too. I mean, it was I was so exhausted. I was not, I was not able to do anything yesterday. And yeah, like you, like you hear now today, I'm able to, to edit the podcast, and uh, I hope you like it. But back to the subject. I mean, I tell you, it's for me. It's such a relief to research. I love it actually because I understand more and more." again and again where we're coming from and where we're going to so yeah and i'm happy that i have you guys with me that and share this knowledge you know so which is quite cool i would like to thank you again everyone who shares with me this podcast and this knowledge and thank you for the donations Thank you everywhere, all over the world for being with me. Thank you, America. Thank you, Ireland. Thank you, Germany. Thank you, Argentina, Japan, Spain, Italy, Greece, you name it. Yeah, it's lovely to have such lovely people on board, you know. So, and if if you really want to be a member of the Isle of Westcock Artist Group, just come to Facebook and... Uh, There you can become a member of the Isle of Westcock Artist Group. 
so easily it is, you know. So you click the box and say, I want to be a member, and then you're a member, and you can you can uh, participate from from the the lively uh, discussions and sharing your artwork, whatever. Or you can go just just to uh, to attitude um, on Instagram at, at attitude or at or at I Love West Cork Artists on Instagram, where I share a lot of pictures and my artwork and where you can put on as well your comments, even if you have an idea what you would like to have researched. Yeah, so back to the show. So now, if you've been following along in our last episode dedicated to this topic, episode 178, because episode 179, I had... Uh, um, Tina Turner's farewell in my show in episode 178 but we uh, embarked on a fascinating journey through time back to the dawn of human symbolic expression in the Paleolithic era. In the Paleolithic era we explored cave paintings, the earliest known art forms and contemporary artists who draw inspiration from this primordial period. Today, we're turning the page in our collective human history to explore the Neolithic era. The Neolithic era, a period spanning approximately from 10,000 to 2000 BCE. That means 12,000 to 4,000 years from now on before. Also known as the New Stone Age, saw a transformative shift in how our ancestors lived so the the advent of agriculture fundamentally altered human societies for the first time in history people began to settle permanently giving birth to the first villages and later the first cities which is quite amazing on our to understand that what happens so with with stability these settlements offered humans um, humans had the opportunity to further develop and refine their symbolic systems. No? I mean, but not to mention, um, at the beginning, it was somehow as well already the beginning of capitalism and, 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 you know. I mean, sorry, I have to mention that, you know. But, yeah. Um, it marked for sure the complexity of symbols you know so so they really they they refined symbolic systems very very well pottery was also introduced during the neolithic period and with this new medium came new opportunities for artists and symbolic expression so yes Intricate designs were carved or painted onto pottery, not just for decoration, but also for conveying important cultural, spiritual or social informations. Um, this marked another significant evolution in the use and complexity of symbols. It is, I might uh, find for you maybe for the next episode an artist i don't get the name now uh, a potter who used this this um symbols on in pottery very 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 strong 
come back to you with that. Now, this doesn't mean that our ancestors stopped using natural formations. Natural formations and landscapes as their canvas. Quite the contrary, in fact, actually. The Neolithic area is famous for its megaliths, large stone sculptures, structures, sometimes arranged in intricate formations. I mean, it's it's so amazing. You have to you have to go to, to Newgrange or whatever to to watch it here in Ireland. It's great because these these megaliths often featured symbolic carvings. You can find it. So continuing the human tradition of encoding meaning into our environment. So, uh, I mean, to understand that, these encodings is, um, if you understand somehow the evolution of encoding, you understand as well somehow why we are now in the 21st century, the digital revolution somehow, no? So, so megaliths, these are monumental stone structures. They are like silent, timeless storytellers. No? So, I mean, it's, it's almost like, like a hard drive. <laughs> it's actually a hard drive. Yes, you can, you can compare it with it. Um, they carry messages from our ancestors. So encoded into their very form and etchings. Messages intended to be read and uh, understood by future generations. So, like, like we try now to put, um, to put messages on hard drives. But I mean, this, this, this mega list there are actually eventually um, longer lasting than than probably our digital hard drives. You know, but maybe not. I don't know. I mean, that might be a, a meditation to for another podcast. Um, this practice of encoding is a fascinating concept. It's, uh, in its simplest terms, encoding is actually about turning information into a form that can be used or understood. That's encoding. There's decoding and encoding. Um, it's a way of packaging information to ensure its survival and transmission. What we have, especially now here in this megaliths. No? The carving on these megaliths are not just random drawings. They are the product of a conscious effort to communicate, to symbolize something important, something meaningful. No? It could be an event, a belief, a narrative, or any significant element of their culture and identity. Through the act of carving these symbols, our ancestors turned the raw data of their experiences and thoughts into a form that could be preserved and understood by others. So this was their form of recording history, their form of written language before written language as we know them came to be. No? I mean, written language came quite, quite later. So 
that was the reason why they used the symbols, which is very, very intriguing if you start to understand that, because Plato, as written language, uh, um, took away the more or less the, the, the storyteller culture somehow, the, the oral culture, Plato was not happy with that. You know? But why should we modern humans in the 21st century carry about these ancient symbols, could you ask? So the answer is simple. Our brains are hardwired to respond to symbols. We use symbols every day, often without even realizing it. Whether it's the symbol on a traffic sign, um, take the em emojis we use in our texts, or um, the metaphors in our language. So symbols are our brains shortened. They allow us to communicate complex ideas quickly and efficiently, which is... Um, It is somehow unbelievable. This is Furthermore, understanding these ancient symbols gives us a deeper understanding of ourselves. They provide insight into how our ancestors viewed the world how they made sense of their experiences and how they communicated these experiences to others. This in turn can shed light on our own perspectives and thought processes. After all, we are not that different from our ancient ancestors. We still use symbols to navigate our worlds, to share our stories and to connect with others. No? Finally, by examining these ancient symbols, we are reminded of the enduring power of human creativity and ingenuity. Despite the absence of modern technology, our ancestors were able to convey their thoughts and experiences in a way that we can't still interpret today. So that is a testament to the human spirit, and it's something worth appreciating and celebrating. I mean, that's for me, I have to bring that back as well all the time, because um, sometimes I think we humans are just only stupid. We're just able to, to destroy our planet and, uh, and uh, yeah, raping nature. But it's not just that. I mean, we, we have some good qualities We have it, you know. We just we just have to find it again and again and again. And that's why I wrote my, in my thesis, uh, "Shamanism, Art, and Digital Culture," um, that we we still have somehow to to keep our rituals, you know. So so even if it's if it's hurtful, the change into the digital um, revolution somehow uh, and. Even I am quite convinced that we become hybrids sometime in, in a couple of decades. Um, it is good to to remember times like this and where everything's coming from to understand. I mean, not it's it's. I think it's good to understand because otherwise, we just we just become really um, machines and 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 robots. Uh, without any understanding where our history is coming from.
No? So as we delve deeper into the world of ancient symbols, remember, each symbol, each carving, each etching, it's all a piece of our collective human story. A story that continues to be written with every symbol we create today. No? Um, but perhaps the most significant advancement in symbolism during the Neolithic era was the development of proto-writing systems like the Finca symbols. So these symbols, they are named after the Finca culture in present-day Serbia. Um, they are considered one of the earliest known systems of symbolic communication that went beyond simple pictograms. Although we can't fully decode their meaning today, it's clear that they represent a complex system of symbolic communication, paving the way for the written languages we know and use today. Um, I would like to go into this, this um, Finca culture and these proto-writing systems on a later stage to explaining that, that a little bit better, but not in this podcast. It might be too much. But um, I would get back as well to um, a few contemporary artists who draw inspirations from ancient symbols and the legacy of megaliths. So um, we already mentioned in podcast 178 Andy Goldsworthy. Um, I think it's worth bringing him up again because his nature-based sculptures and land art often take inspirations from ancient stone circles and cairns. His work reminds us to the enduring relationship between humans and the natural world, a theme that was central to the creators of megalithic art. But if you want to know a little bit more about Goldsworthy, I suggest go back to podcast 178. But maybe, if you want, I'm going to do a, a, another podcast just uh, about Andy Goldsworthy. So just... Put a comment what you think about it. Um, another artist associated with the land art movement is Richard Long. He creates sculptures, drawings and installations that often make use of circular forms and lines. Evoking the patterns found in ancient art. His work walks the line between the natural and the man-made much like the megaliths of old. Um, just briefly about him, but I would say I'm gonna go. There's a well, this German painter, I spoke about him as well already. He's German painter and sculptor. He creates work that draw on a wide range of cultural and historical references. This is uh, Anselm Kiefer. Um, it is including ancient civilizations and their symbols. So I would say his monumental, often haunting works 
evoke a sense of the passage of time and the weight of history. So I think Anselm Kiefer is, is uh, if it comes to mythologic um, paintings and sculptures, uh, he is he's great. I really like him. His research is is I mean his his library is huge. He re he researched a lot when he started an artwork, and he puts a lot of information into his art. Look him up again. Or if you want, maybe I'm going to do just a podcast about Anselm Kiefer, if you want. Put it in the comments. There's as well, um, perhaps the best known for his monumental public sculpture, Angel of the North, it is Anthony Gormley. So he often engages with the human form in a way that evokes the timeless and universal. His work often seems to reference ancient art forms from megaliths to Egyptian statues. I love him. I mean, uh, as well, another artist where I could speak hours about is, yeah, Anthony Gormley. I think I mentioned her as well before. It is Judy Chicago. Um, she is an American feminist artist. Most famous work, The Dinner Party, She uses symbolic forms from ancient cultures as part of its exploration of women's history. Um, she often used ancient symbols to challenge modern perceptions and narratives, which is great. I think it's it's worth to 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 go a deeper into her artwork. So uh, I will talk a little bit longer about Judy. So so Judy Chicago, she. She bought, her real name is Judith Sylvia Cohen. She's born in uh, 1939. Um, like I've mentioned already, an American feminist artist, an author, and educator. She's known for a large collaborative art installation pieces about birth, creation, and the role of women in history and culture, like, like I already mentioned. Um, throughout her career, Chicago has incorporated a variety of artist skills into her work, including painting, sculpture, and needlework and pyrotechnics. I mean, I must say, I include as well a lot of different art forms. I still didn't try out pyrotechnics. Um, needlework, to a certain extent. I mean, I, I worked already with weaving, so... Um, Yeah, it is interesting to look it up. So that's, as well, you see, you can work with everything. You don't have to stick just to painting or to, to multimedia art, you know. So this this is a good example. So if you have a subject, research it and find the best way for yourself to express your subject. No? So perhaps, and I'm going to go back to this as well now, perhaps her most famous work is The Dinner Party. Um, from 1974 to 1979. Uh, it is a monumental piece of installation um, art that functions as a symbolic history of women in Western civilization, uh, consisting of a large triangular table laid with place settings for 39 mythical and historical women. So, the dinner party uses a variety of media 
ceramics, china painting, and an array of needle and fiber techniques. Very interesting. Um, in order to celebrate the achievements of women and critique their marginalization in history. Each place setting incorporates symbolic forms drawn from ancient cultures, including butterfly and vulva shapes. And the names of 999 other important women are inscribed in gold on the white tile floor beneath the table. So um, Chicago's work is characterized by a conscious effort to bring a female perspective into historical narratives that she sees as having been dominated by man. By incorporating ancient symbols and forms into her art, she seeks to highlight and celebrate the feminine and challenge traditional gender roles. By incorporating ancient symbols and forms into her art, she seeks to highlight and celebrate the feminine and challenge traditional gender roles. Chicago's influence extends beyond the art world and she has been recognized as a pioneer in the field of feminist art education. So um, you can't get wrong if you look her up. It's really great. It's, it's lovely. So I'm happy. I mean, I'm really happy that I came along to research her. As we continue our journey through time, it's Ave inspiring to think about how far we've come in our ability to convey complex ideas through symbols. It's really, um, it's amazing. If you think about that, from simply drawings on cave walls to intricate carvings on pottery and megaliths, our ancestors continually found innovative ways to communicate to express themselves and to explore the world around them. And we're just getting started. There's much more to discover in the next episode. So stay tuned. I mean, uh, it is amazing. It, what I try as well with these episodes is to, to, to give you an understanding, you know, where why we are there, where we are now. I have... To, I, I have to repeat myself often, just often enough, just in order to to um, to take your desperation, you know, so that that it's all just a process of evolution, you know. What 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 I bring in here in a, in a actually a, a very abstract timeline, narrow it down in a couple of episodes. So if you're gonna go back to other episodes you will understand a lot a lot i hope so i try to keep it as simple and and interesting as possible and i think i think as well i will gonna do something just one episode about the um how um, our consciousness um our, our cognition um our cognitive a thinking started to to understand and and to understand symbols you know so i mean that is for me still quite amazing so this this but this is more um um neuroscience but i still try to combine neuroscience with art because it is art for me so 
Um, what we're going to do is in the upcoming episode, we will continue our exploration of symbolic representation by diving into the compelling world of Neolithic art. We will decipher the intricate symbolism woven into the Kacaloyuk murals in Turkey. We will marvel at the mysterious passage tombs of New Grange in Ireland and more. We'll also discover how today's artists draw inspiration from these Neolithic masterpieces, revealing the timeless appeal of these ancient symbols. Um, as we conclude, we'll contemplate the enduring lineage of human symbolic expression from the Paleolithic area through the Neolithic underlining our unbreakable ties to our ancestors and their art. It was great to have you here in this show and I will see you next Sunday again at 10 o'clock. Join us for this intriguing journey into our shared artistic past. It's great. I really love it. And uh, I hope I <laughs> you hear me next week, I must say. Okay. I wish you all the best. Have a great week. You're dead left. Bye-bye. You have listened to Artitude, West Cork's first art, fashion and design podcast. Artitude, never so close again. Ah! That was too close.